Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. Welcome, 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 Soliana. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I am doing okay. How are you been? I'm good. I'm very excited to have you here. As you know, it's been a long time coming. So Very excited to be here. I've been hearing about this for so long, actually. Like, I've been... Ex- and you know what, though? I was shocked because... Because I remember you saying a little bit about like starting like uh, your own project, but I never thought you'd include me. So then when I got that like little inbox thing, I was like, oh, you still think about me? Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. No, I was so excited. You don't understand. There's no way I'd give this up. Uh, amazing. Is that, that's so good to hear. Um, we're going we're gonna to start this with some icebreakers. <laughs> not icebreakers yes icebreakers we're gonna do that, it i hate icebreakers you remember when they had this do that like in school what's what's your name what's your favorite color <laughs> yeah. oh my god what's your favorite color and why <laughs> no literally what animal would you be yeah exactly you know i'm no. that's what we're doing girl i'm sorry but that's what we're doing that's what we're no, doing no, if it's with you i'm okay with it okay amazing that's perfect so i'm going to have you answer two icebreakers the first one i want you to tell me or tell us about the worst meal you ever prepared Mm, that's tough no that's tough because there's a lot i'm not a cooker i really i'm not personally i'm I'm just not like drawn to it like i feel like whatever meal i make doesn't taste good simply because i made it oh dang but if yeah but if somebody else made it all of a sudden it's the best meal i've ever had in my life it'd be my prison meal you know oh, how, like, yeah. in prison, they, they let you get that one meal before they kill you? Yeah. yeah that, that No, actually. I don't know what it is. Anything I make, like, even if it's just, like, eggs, like, scrambled eggs, like, something you can't mess up, mm-hmm. it still just would, it just would be okay. It would be uh, okay. It, would be, it wouldn't be, like, good, but it wouldn't be, like, horrible either. I see what you're saying. But what is the worst yeah. one you ever prepared, though? What's the worst, worst one? Okay. The worst one, I think, would be cereal. Because, no, here's the thing. Because when I came to Canada... No, because they don't have cereal. I didn't have cereal growing up as, like, a breakfast thing. So oh. when I came to Canada, I thought cereal was, like, mixed in with something else. Like, whatever you wanted. So okay. there's a cereal part, and then there's, like, a juice or something. Because people have... You know, juice... <laughs> 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 yeah, like, some... I don't know. When white people talk about, like, having a breakfast or, like, they describe it, there's always, like, an orange juice. Mm-hmm. So I did, like, a, a Cheerio or something with orange juice. And I honestly, I, no, I was sick to my stomach. Oh my I, honestly, gosh. I was appalled. And the crazy thing is, I didn't even judge my skills. I was like, you know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes we're like, you reflect. And you're like, mm, what did I do wrong? I was like, yeah. this is some nasty white people stuff. Yeah. I sat there and I blamed it on them. I said, it couldn't be me. There's only one answer. That's the Canadians. It's them. No, it's them. It's not It's, it's them. never me. Not you. It's never me. That is so funny. So I'd probably say cereal. I hear you, though, because, like, growing up in Nigeria, like, cereal wasn't particularly a breakfast food. It's not a breakfast. It's not even, like, actual food. Like, pasta, even to us, isn't food. Like, if they see you eating pasta or something, they'd be like, oh, like a snack. Like, a little, <laughs> like, you know, like, it's, no, literally, it's like a, like, I don't know. You're eating, like, salad to them. Not a pasta snack? Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. They, you get bullied. You get bullied for thinking that's a meal. They come at you and be like, oh, you're, you're on a diet now. It's scary. <laughs> With pasta? 
<laughs> yeah, not in my household. Not in my household. So we never had it. That's so yeah. funny. For me, like the worst um, meal I ever prepared was uh growing up my mom was teaching us how to teaching me how to make porridge be uh, beans and as a nigerian oh. that's a that beans is a thing it's food um yeah. and it's prepared a certain kind of way um yeah. but uh she was she was teaching me how to prepare it. you know how you like your mom you're in the kitchen where your mom's cooking and then you just yeah. are like okay hey, i'm watching i'm watching i'm watching you kind of do the onions <laughs> and you do the thing but you're you're just yeah. doing your task and trying to leave yeah so it was my turn to finally cook it um, and uh-huh. I added so much salt to that food. Oh. I added so much salt to that food. I thought I didn't even add enough. So by the time the food was done, and my mom, yeah. obviously, she was like, she she sent me on the errand. So she was uh, she was the first to taste it. When she yeah. tasted it, you know when you taste something and you're just weak? And she just said, yeah. <laughs> like, she called me to the kitchen. I'm like, what? Oh, it's done. Yeah, it's done. And she's like, what? How much salt did you put? I said, I, I put salt. It's not enough, right? And she's like, show me. <laughs> so she had me show her how much salt I added to the food. And I'm like, I didn't even think it was enough. I thought that it was supposed to be like equal quantity beans and salt. Oh, my God. So I was about to literally kill my family that day, oh. <laughs> especially my parents. You put the entire thing in? Like, I literally was, like, it had to be equal parts salt and beans. And she's like, no, 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 no. That's no, not no. even your fault. That's not your fault. Because how are we supposed to measure? There's no measuring stuff. Exactly. And, and I feel like in most of African households, there are no measuring things. There really, truly you know, don't blame me. Blame the spirit that was supposed to lead me. Because it didn't lead properly. It didn't. If I made it bad, it's not me. I actually, no, 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 no. And why did they get mad for not teaching you? My mom was too weak to even get mad. She just was like, oh, my God. Like she, she, I didn't get a whooping that day. She just was like, oh, Damn. Lord. You know? Oh, no. Were you guys still able to save it, though? No. It was horrendous. You know what? Again, it's not your fault. But I learned. I learned. And it's that thing, right? Like you said, there is no measuring spoons or anything. So you figure it out. When you do it too much, then you're like, okay, now I got to cut back and got to move accordingly. I feel like we've all had that experience of like measuring, like trying to learn how to measure and not doing it properly. Yeah. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That's a whole bean. The whole household was hungry that night. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) They had to figure, my mom had to figure out something else for dinner because like, (laughs) It was, yeah, it was something else. Uh, I have another icebreaker question for you. What's yeah. the worst job you've ever had? Ooh, girl. <laughs> In Canada, as an immigrant, what's the worst job you've ever had? And if it's your current job, girl, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble now. <laughs> Don't try to get me in trouble. Um, I'll just say there's never, there's n- nothing about working is appealing to me ever. So there isn't a job where I'm like, oh my God, I loved this workplace. Mm -hmm. It's either the people were great, but like just something about working and then my time being managed. Mm. You know, the clocking in and clocking out part. I could actually be doing nothing. But the fact that I labored under (laughs) capitalism at that, no, actually it's disgusting. I go home and I feel like a prostitute some days. Oh Lord, not a prostitute. Don't you? Don't you you though? When you go to your workplace, especially in like all white settings too. You have to change your voice a little bit. Uh-huh. You have to make a joke you don't make. Laugh yeah. at a joke you don't laugh at. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel yeah. so gross when I come home. Actually, it's a day's it's a day's work. It's mm. a day's work. I can relate to that, actually. That code switching. When it's time to switch yes. back, you're like, 
you have to push a couple times and then I'm you're back to you. <laughs> change the channel find yeah the right one. find the right you know turn the antenna make sure it's connected exactly. to the right signal <laughs> literally everywhere yeah but i feel like in art in any art scene i never have to do that or i find myself more enjoying myself mm-hmm. and not actually like taking watch of those things which is like how i was kind of inspired or like decided to go on that path because mm. it was the path of, of least resistance in the, in the sense that like I actually liked what I was doing and I felt very fulfilled by it okay but any other job mm-mm. literally and okay give examples give one or two examples of the jobs you've had in the past okay but then I girl, in trouble. <laughs> no because no, I liked I liked all of them but it's just the spaces so like I used to do like a serving job which I really liked I like talking to the people, okay. um, but honestly, sometimes I would see it like as a like a project clocking oh. in. I'd be like, today I'm a different character. Today I'm Stacy. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. And Stacy don't like women oh. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like character research in a way. Exactly. But then you know, the, the older I grow up, the more we learn about mental health. Now I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? Now I start to get concerned. I'm like, okay, let me slow it down a little bit. I don't want to be crazy. I don't want to go down that path. With all these personalities? I'm, no, I actually hate it. And I named them too. I was like, God, let me let me slow down. Let me make sure a therapist is not nearby. Yeah. But I would say I would say a job I really don't like to do would be like back, back of house things where or actually front of the house things where like I'm communicating with people. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of things where I don't communicate and it's just like either hands on or task or whatever oriented and not mm-hmm. like too much face to face. Okay. Because I feel like I code yeah, I code switch too much mm-hmm. when that happens and I like to be rooted in myself a little bit more. Okay. What about you though? Oh yeah. Lord uh... <laughs> The worst job I've had in Canada, yeah. I was a door-to-door, it's, I guess, salesman, but it wasn't really sales. It was just you're going door-to-door trying to solicit donations for um, a charity for people to oh, subscribe okay. to this charity so that they're supporting kids in Africa oh, or Asia or okay. wherever. Um, it was in the winter. That's crazy. Um, oh, and it in just Calgary, was in Calgary, Ooh. in the winter, it was you were the a worst. Soldier. It was the worst time. I was at that job for a week and a half, um, oh. because apparently the the leader I was put under after my like third or fourth time out with them, and it's a whole day. Like you're going door to door to door to door. Regardless yeah. of the weather, you're outside. There isn't a spot for breaks. You either have you have your water with you or you don't drink water. Like you're expected to kind of just truck along. Uh, and it was horrible. Like it was the worst thing <laughs> ever. You stayed for a week though. Eh? I did. That's a long time. Yo, yo, man. I That's stayed a long time. I stayed for a week plus and um what happened that I didn't go in anymore was the person, the leader, like I was saying, the leader said that, oh, I didn't make this many sales. So, um, oh. you know, this probably is not cut out for me. And I'm just like, oh, really? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Do you know the jobs that I'd be talking about? Can you, how well do you do in a fast paced environment? It's zero for me. Every single time they ask, I know what's about to come. It's hell. It's hell. Hell is about to come. Oh my goodness. I went home that day and I'm like, thank God. Like when he said that to me in my mind, I'm like, thank God, because I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And you have like, you know, the relief. I don't know why I was like, I could have any day just walked out of that job, but I just, I, I just, I was a good soldier. I just stayed and was doing it 
every day like knocking on doors in the winter i was oh my god i wore the warmest clothes i had layered up i was still freezing i feel like that has to be like a crime against humanity to have you you outside in calgary winter that's like negative 40 i'm telling like i felt like we were the charity like give me money because at this (laughs) point help (laughs) let me in the house let me in give me a coffee something oh my god it was oh it was it was insane it was insane i would say that's my that's the worst one i've had but man i've had all sorts of jobs here i'm not gonna lie but that one that one's that's the worst i've ever done (laughs) no i i'm actually surprised you didn't even call the cops <laughs> I wasn't the word what? I wasn't being held against my will. I just like oh no, my gosh. Girl. <laughs> it was it was not great. It was it was not great. It was horrible. But you know, here I am today. Thank God for life. I'm proud of right? you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. You made it out. I made it out after one week. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But this was awesome. Thank you for for you know engaging with me for the icebreakers. Of course. Let's get into our topic for today. We're talking about being an artist or navigating the arts as an immigrant woman who's also young and super talented. Um, And I just want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your immigrant story of when you moved here, how you moved here, how long you've been here. Just something really short about your experience here so far. Of course. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, And I was born in Kenya. My mom's Kenyan, my father is Ethiopian. Uh, we came to Canada, I think like 2008, but like turning 2009. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the first day we came, like we landed in Canada, we landed in Vancouver mm-hmm. and it was snowing and I've never seen snow before. So then when I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, ash, like there's a city nearby burning down. Cause that's what I thought. That's the only time I had seen white stuff in the sky was like when things were burning, you know, like a really bad fire Yeah. and the ash would come. And I'm like, Whoa, I was like, we escaped. We, we, we got out of the ghetto just to enter another ghetto. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and my dad is like, it's not ash. It's cold. And I was like, yeah, what's yeah. that? Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. I was, I was very intrigued by the snow. And I remember the first day as well, my dad was so terrified of it that like he wouldn't let me outside. Mm-hmm. So I was basically under house arrest. And I would this and I would also like layer up and everything because I'll see kids for the first time. And it's been like a while because of the like the whole flight there too. Because mm-hmm. um, what Kenya's it's far. And I think it was like a direct flight. I don't think it was we had any layovers. Okay. Um, so it was long. It was it was mm-mm. so when I saw kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, let me go outside. And my dad was like, no. Make sure to wear layers. I learned about long johns. I go to sleep, three blankets, socks, and another one. It's a lot. It's a lot just to survive the winter. And I used to think my parents were paranoid, but honestly, hearing your story of, like, the first time <laughs> with your job going house to house in winter, mm. there was no there was no exaggeration. Yeah. This is actually nothing, nothing could have prepared me for the winters. I don't like it here. I do not like the winters. Yeah, the winters are something else, but, like, it's a really cool city, so. It is we, a cool city. That one, just I, like... yeah, I'll definitely agree. <laughs> the cold is insane yeah the is insane, and the fact like it's the fact that it lasts eight months too like what other season is there but winter that's the problem that's the problem if we had a, a summer if we had a spring a little fall i think fall was two weeks it's supposed to snow next week um like please can you not <laughs> can you not with this can you not forecast the snow but you know what's crazy is 
it's such a it's such a Canadian thing to do. Like mm-hmm. the first thing we talk about is weather and the first snowfall. Yeah, like, we're in like the Game of Thrones. The, the winter's coming. Winter's <laughs> coming. Literally, it's a it's, it's just bad. Always coming. You know, so yeah. it's here. Yeah. But yeah, so like, wh- when did you guys move to uh, Calgary? Calgary, we moved like I think after a year or a couple months of being in Vancouver first because we didn't know too much people. My editor's like, it's good to go to a place where there's community and that way, like, we can also get support and learn how to navigate a new country. So we moved to Calgary. There's a lot more like Eastern African people here. So, um, which is interesting because now the older I am and the more that you learn about art scenes because Calgary is a small city and Vancouver is pretty big and there's a big art scene there. It's interesting because there's not a lot of like, people of color there so then i'm just like what is the art scene and what does it contain if there's just like white people but but there's a lot more in calgary which is why i actually really did um i'm very grateful that i kind of begin my journey here Mm -hmm. um just because although the communities are, are are smaller i'd say um it's still very like i don't know it's very like soothing or like homey homey feeling mm-hmm. where it's just like everybody does watch out for each other when mm-hmm. you do like you know if you do end up meeting a film a film like a filmmaker he'll definitely be contacting you more than once mm-hmm. um and then vice versa right so i i think that having a smaller community or having being in a smaller city allows me to have like community and be more in touch with them so i'm definitely grateful for that but yeah we moved we moved in calgary i think a couple months after or at least a year mm. Calgary is not small though. I just want to say you know that Calgary is not small. I think we it's just, are there's, splits. There's just We're there's splits. there's a lot more black people here. I think, I think you know I don't know for a fact, but I, know I think that, there's more in Toronto. But oh, there's the, I mean, we're not even talking about Toronto. I was about to say, Toronto is like thing. all of Canada. I mean, <laughs> Montreal, Toronto have a lot. Montreal, Toronto. Yeah. There's the blacks there. The blacks are there. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know that much about Vancouver. I know a few, a few um, Nigerians or you know other black people in, in Vancouver. But you know, because Calgary is my city where I'm based, I yeah. like the community here is certainly more impactful, um, or has been um, so far. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, no, there's a healthy, you know, community of blacks and, and you can yes. really, you know, when you, you definitely start, can, yeah, you can kind of navigate and find your way, um, you know, and find agree, your yeah. people, find friends, build relationships and things like that. Yeah. And I think even more so like nowadays than before, cause I think before it was a little bit more quiet or maybe it's because like of the different, if you're in Southeast Calgary compared to like, if you're in the Northeast, you don't, you, you don't get connected much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of, you know, um, people within that area would stay in their areas and it's harder to come out because mm-hmm. our transit system sucks too. So like from one end to the other, mm-hmm. it would be like a 30 minute drive mm-hmm. driving, right? Yeah. Like transit is, is, is a lot more on that. So yeah, so I, I completely agree. I think there is a lot of black people here and definitely like an art scene here. It's just harder for us if you've never been and if you're the only person that's navigating it mm-hmm. um, in your life, it's really hard to get an, in, into that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's that's literally true for any community or any like city you find Very yourself true. in. If when you're a newcomer, you kind of need someone to help show the ropes or like yes. you need to really be on the lookout for, okay, there's a get together here. There's a conference here. There's a, you know, Absolutely. showing here and there's, you know, events and then, you know, going to those events and introducing yourself to people and, you know, slowly yeah. but surely you build your own community. Um, but yeah. yeah, let's talk about your artistry, girl. Tell us about... Tell us about Soliana. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about her. Soliana. 
is my stage name, which I just love a good stage I love a stage name. Anytime there's an artist that I think about and I'm like, oh, I really like them, they always have a stage name. So I was like, mm-hmm. I need one. Like, I need something to kind of, like, put me in that work mode or, like, you know, um, set the environment or set the tone for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, what's an easy name for people to kind of say but also is, like you know culturally still mine mm-hmm. um and so I came up with with Soliana because it, it means light so I was just like I like that I want to be I want, you know what I'm saying have the spotlight on me but also be light for others in what language in uh, Amharic mm. Amharic and uh, Tigrinya which is like um mostly spoken in Eritrea mm-hmm. uh but yeah both in Ethiopia and Eritrean origins mm-hmm. so it means it means the light of God but I like it so I, I decided to go with that um and then I am an aspiring actor and model here in Calgary um I started off my my journey I think more like I never I never took it seriously at first because it was kind of just like a a drama class thing where you're you're in drama class especially in junior high and elementary school which I was a part of because you know all the loud kids like would go there and they'd kind of play with themselves and and get to be themselves essentially so I remember one of like my English teacher being like you should take drama class and she was also teaching drama um and then we just do like little prompts or scenes and at at some point like they would stop me or they'd stop the entire like, the teacher would stop me and be like, are you okay? Like, if we're doing, like, if I'm playing a character, I'm supposed to be crying or sad. And I'd be like, oh, did I get you? Like, were you were you just joking? Or, like, were you being serious? Like, did yeah. I actually convince you sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more that I did it, the more that I found kind of people around me, you know, were able to interact with the character that I played. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is a really cool kind of, you know, way of, of kind of moving in the world and also understanding stories. Mm-hmm. And I also think it, it, it touches a little bit because growing up um, in Kenya, most of learning comes through storytelling. Like everything is done within the storytelling environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I came here, I, I found a bit of an absence to that. Or maybe I just wasn't able to connect properly with how they tell stories. But they don't. They just like, it's either a fact thing or something, but there's never a story being told. And I love that. I think that was what like also personally helped me like learn better too. So I remember because math is one of my worst subjects. In order to teach myself math, I have to look into these people deeply, deeply. So I would look into what's that guy's name, Pythagorean, the one who came up oh, with the little Pythagor- Pyth- oh the Pythagoras uh, theory. Yes, that man, that guy. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. He's, he's he's I don't know who he is. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know who he was. But once he said his theory, I was like, let me get that down, okay? Mm-hmm. So why did he come up with this theory? And then I just pretend like I'm speaking with him, or like you know, kind mm-hmm. of like try to to kind of tell myself a story in that way so that I could learn a little bit better. Um, And I found that kind of cool because whenever I would tell stories with friends or like I would be reading like a fan fiction, for example, they'd all get like really excited or or scary stories, which is something like I like to do with my classmates where I tell them a scary story from like a Reddit post. And then they would say it back. Um, they'd say another one on like you know we were back in the seventh grade and we don't do this no more. They'd definitely believe me (laughs) if I was to do something like that. But um, it was interesting in how like what sort of reactions I would get. Mm. Um, and I, and I kind of wanted to continue that storytelling, but I didn't, I didn't think I could make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. So close to like end of high school, I was thinking more about, you know, political things to do because I feel like for most African countries, you know, um, we all kind of grow up like, yeah, we kind of grow up being involved in pro- politics or at least trying to have an opinion about the world around us. Whereas I feel like here or in, in most Western countries, you kind of have the privilege not to talk about it because sometimes it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've never kind of had that that privilege, uh, you know, at, at least from Kenya. 
um, in the parts that I was from, it wasn't a privilege that we had. Like you, if you wanted to be a member of society, you had to engage in in things the society did and that's mm-hmm. politics mm-hmm. so um i remember being like okay like maybe i can go into politics because it still touches you know on my roots and kind of community mm-hmm. um and as i was kind of exploring that i found that politics is very you know dim <laughs> it's very dim and the sort of people it's it's, it's mostly arguments too and i feel like the, when I was learning or kind of going in that path, I didn't necessarily feel like a change was being made. It was more kind of just arguments um, and being right or wrong in that kind of like consciousness around that. But with with in the field of the arts, you still talk about politics and you still kind of engage in that. But it's a more fruitful way of doing it. At least I found it for myself. So then when I am kind of, you know, in the art field or, or trying to, you know, understand characters um, or kind of struggles that they went through or life experiences, then I can kind of open up that, that scene for myself and engage in the world like that, especially the world outside of me and like how I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found it more, you know, a bit more positive in how I interact with society. I want to make more communities. I want to be more aware of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, I, and I'm able to kind of do that in this path. Wow. So Yeah, so then I was like, let me try. Let me try and, and, and go in it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Because, yeah. you know, it don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You, you talk... You know, you, you bring this up to, like, any of, like, African, you know... Because we come from a very construct... Like, a society that's very, like, structured. So, like, you go to school, you graduate. Then after graduations, you get a job yep. in whatever you studied. And that makes you money to provide for yourself and yeah. those around you. Um, so, when we go into the arts field, it's just, like, the job don't, isn't necessarily structured the same way. And so there's a lot of fear around that, that it doesn't make any money and therefore won't be successful and you won't contribute to, you know, yourself, your household or your community. Mm-hmm. And that's a very fearful thing, especially in the arts, um, which is why I kind of love being around artists because, I don't know, their drive or like the fact that they're still kind of, you know, figuring themselves out and their, their, their work. Mm-hmm. It's very inspiring, but also very hopeful in the way that mm-hmm. like it can be done. Yeah. You just got to find it. You just got to, yeah, make it work for you. Yeah, 100%. And thank you for sharing all that, uh, Soliana, because, like, that's a lot from, like, school, right, to yeah. you navigating mathematics through storytelling. I mean. Bro, me and Pythagorean, you should have caught us. I second, mean. Second period. <laughs> me and homeboy were talking about life. You were talking about he, you know, he broke up with a girl. And that's why, you know, A square plus B square equals C square. Because instead of trying to get to her house using a straight line, you just got to cut it. You got to uh, cut it. Sometimes you got to sneak around, get through it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Because <laughs> math was not my favorite subject either in yeah. school. You know um, problems that they call word problems? So yes. if, if Soliana has two pens Ooh. and she gifts one pen to Michael and Michael breaks that pen in half and returns one to her. Um, what is the distance between Michael's house and Soliana's house? Like just no, actually, those those weird ass freaking word problems. I've never felt stupider in my life <laughs> than those problems. I actually never felt I honestly at some point, you know when they give you the test and like it's instead of instead of them wanting like a number as a result, they want a sentence. Mm-hmm. I actually start giving out advice. <laughs> No, because what you're not about to get from me is a solution. What I'm going to do is help Soliana get her money back because he broke it, right? Because he broke nah. it, yeah. <laughs> nah. 
Oh my lord. Uh uh-uh, uh, they were horrible, yeah. Yeah, no, those word problems were something else, but like it's kind of sort of like storytelling through math in a way. It's I yeah. I don't know. It's just I need to I need to think about that more. But honestly, it traumatized me in school. Um, <laughs> but You're not only one, Dory. That's really cool how you were able to navigate that, navigate school, um, mathematics, and all that through storytelling. Find yourself, find your people, find your voice. Yes. Like that's powerful. How what has your experience been so far navigating? the arts you know your journey as a model as an actor uh whether it's for stage or for for um for you know films like how have you been able to navigate things at at the end of the day like you're a soliana you're not a black canadian you're you're an immigrant you know you're kenyan um and you know ethiopian and and navigating all that with your identity and who you are your way of seeing the world and all that yeah talk about it a little bit that's a pretty good question i feel like I don't even know if I have the full answer yet, but I know that so so far up to this point, navigating it has been very difficult just because if sometimes it feels like you don't have kind of a ground in order to make a stand on anything or like roots, mm-hmm. you know, like something something kind of strong to fall back on or, or explain or um, I, I don't know, kind of like take your hand and walk you through stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't necessarily had that experience, but in being alone in the journey, I've, I've faced a lot of like times of of hopelessness in a way, mm-hmm. just because I feel like in, in the art field, it's a bit different than other ones, just because there isn't a structured way of um, like a structured way of either understanding or kind of like scoring yourself. Like there's no scoreboard, right? Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, I studied um, and therefore, or like I worked this many hours, so now I get a promotion. Mm-hmm. Like that's not how it works in the art field. It's kind of just you know, there's no linear, <laughs> linear way of, of, of kind of seeing things or evaluating anything. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to see, to, to look at yourself and be like, oh, I'm, you know, somebody who's well-rounded or I'm like, um, I'm a seasoned this, I'm a seasoned actor, I'm a seasoned, you know, model, I'm a whatever it may be. Because it's just like, what metrics did you use? To, mm-hmm. to, to, and it's, it's never going to be the same as another actor or another model or, you know, another writer or film producer. It's always going to be different. I feel mostly for my journey in the arts um it has a lot to do with identity and what that is and honestly first understanding what that is and then kind of like putting me in the center of the question but a lot of the thing has to do like why do I want to storytell like what's what's the importance of storytelling um and why do I feel like I want to be in that space can I survive in a different space is this necessary for who I am or who I want to be as a person and I think storytelling for me is a way that like connects me to the to to kind of people to humans like it's it's through stories where we learn about like struggles it's through stories where like you know you understand humans and then you understand the nature of human and what it means for yourself to be one mm-hmm. so it's hard at first because you start out and there's none of that and especially when you come from like you know high school or like a, a formed a structured thing before and then you just get thrown into this thing and they're just like finger paints and then sometimes you'll get an audience like a standing applause and sometimes you'll get silence so in the end it's to be like what did I want to do um, I think the arts forces you to look at yourself as a person a lot as a, as a human being and navigate that whereas different different you know not to <laughs> not to kind of come for other careers but different careers at least I found from my perspective um like for example being a doctor 
immediately you're giving you're given a virtue you're given a place in society and that's your good person because you're a healer Mm -hmm. you know if you're an engineer you're you know a social person you're somebody who's who has your society who does this and that and then some jobs come with with everything comes with a personality it comes with you know that whole like are you a good person are you a bad person but then when it comes to being an artist where it's just like other people if you're in the space of other artists obviously it's going to be talked about in a high a higher kind of like esteem where you're in a space with people who don't know what you know the arts is or takes it seriously as an actual career you're going to get a different kind of reaction um so personally i like the arts because it forces you to come to like at least ask yourself really really important questions about being alive (laughs) um um and i yeah i love storytelling i like being around people and humans and whatever struggles other people are going to i want to be a part of that struggle um and i also want to know what that looks like for me like as an individual as well like if i'm going through something um what it means to have a community what it means to have you know people to to kind of fall back on um and then getting that strength back i don't know it's just yeah, it feels like a form, a, a way of life, honestly. Mm. Not to sound like very philosophical and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, we sit here and we ponder and we, we rub our beards and we talk about like really big stuff, like the purpose of life. But I think it's really hard because when, when you're not always getting a job back to back, you end up going into this like, you know, doom thought where you're like, why am I even breathing? Like, what is, what have I done? What have I contributed to society? You know, those things like your parents would say like, in my household, there's this, like, I said, like you're an empty can. Like, don't go And I'm just like, ooh, is that what I am? An empty can today? Mm. You know, do I want to be an empty... You know that idea of, like, now all of a sudden I'm going through, like, existentialism. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going through the different phases of, like, why I exist. And it's interesting because if no other career kind of makes me think that way, um, then why is my import? Why is knowing my importance? so important to being alive like why is me knowing the purpose of life required why can't I just be alive and just do the things that I need to do like why can't I just do a nine to five Mm. right because at the end of the day it gives me a paycheck and that paycheck helps me eat and you know go out on weekends so if it's if it's that's all that there is why don't why isn't it sufficient Mm. sort of thing so personally in my journey I think it's going to look different for everybody but my journey is to kind of you know navigating it's like I don't I think it's it's a lot in the journey of it. Like, it's a lot in the, like, the not knowing of it. It's a lot, everything's in the question of it. Like, you know, I, sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like super, you know, like philosophical or like theoretical. I don't want to be a theorist here and be like, mm, like all in our, ha- our heads and all it, like, let's think thoughts mm-hmm. sort of thing. But like, genuinely it does. And I am that kind of person by nature, but I always do kind of gravitate towards those sort of questions where I'm just like, I don't know who I am. Um, and I, and I don't know why that's important to know who I am, Mm. but then in the, in the art field, especially in acting, I don't necessarily need to know who I am. Sometimes I play the character that I'm supposed to play. And then when I kind of go back into being, you know, work national, no longer Soliana, it's almost like the things I I question, I'm still questioning them. It's not like everything gets solved immediately, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it makes it look like in portions that I can actually like chew. You know, I'm just like, you. I don't know it today. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Uh, maybe I'll plan to know it in five years and it'll look like this. It'll look like having fun or it'll look like, you know, compassion and how I can either give that to myself and to my community in the best way that I can do that. Um, and mostly 
I feel that when I'm acting. So yeah. I've decided, yeah, to kind of stay with it. It's crazy though, cause, cause you know, as members of society, the things people say around us definitely will impact you, and it'll definitely make you feel a sort of way. And I don't think like that whole advice of like you shouldn't care what people think is actually ever like a, a proper advice because everything is made up on how we think literally makeup how we buy makeup how we take care of ourselves how we get our hair done you know it's it's all based on trends and how others will see us and i don't think it's always a negative thing i think it's positive somebody seeing you in a, in a good light makes you feel good and i don't think that's like a, a shallow thing i think it's pretty good to feel good by others yeah. um but to also you know know which ones are kind of worth it and not just like a little bit of a high you know that like little clout you get a little compliment on your pictures you just posted and you feel cute for 15 minutes but then, you know what I'm saying? So I know I'm what you like, mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try, try to find whatever lasts the longest. And mm-hmm. I feel like giving compassion um, or learning how to give compassion to others and to myself is what is the good, the, the fuzzy little feelings that last long for me. Yeah, I think that is important, compassion. And oh my goodness, you said so much and such important <laughs> things because I'm an artist myself, as you may know. Of course, biggest fan. <laughs> But I think, like, what you said is exactly it. Like, you go through those moments of, like, wait, wait, who am I and why am I doing this? And who gave me the audacity to think I can do this for a living? Why do I feel like I can actually make a living out of this? You know, no, you just, actually, you, there are moments for sure where you're like, wait, uh, run this back now how did i land yeah. here and just <laughs> it's like i could have kept this in the drafts There's I no need. exactly you're like wait are you is it too late for me to like be a doctor, a doctor? Oh, like, i can't go back to school no 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 and then you're like wait 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 um because like you're you're right it's it's not a stable field by any means There's always work to do. And a lot of the work is unseen. Like when you're as when the thing, for instance, this is an example. When a writer is actually writing, no one is paying that writer to write until the book sells. That's when all the sleepless nights, all the stress, all the tears. And it could take years. It could could take years of unseen hard work that nobody sees. She's working every day. It's hard work. But no one is seeing it. And because exactly. it's not making money in the moment, it's so it yeah. can be so disregarded and, and dismissed as like, well, you could just do that for a hobby and get a and get a, yeah. a job that pays you more. But like Yeah. I, and this is the world we live in, you know, you gotta pay rent. You gotta actually live. You, do. you know, you gotta pay yeah. to live. You literally pay to the live. The cost in of this living world. is a little high. No, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's just on an upward, upward, upward tra- trajectory. So like yeah. you know, um, the example I was giving is like, you don't mm-hmm. like the writer does not make a dime until that book sells. And if yeah. that person is blessed to find grants here and there that would kind of fund their lives for the period of time or parts of the time that they're writing, that's amazing. Yeah. But for the most part, they need to also find other things they can do for money. You know, yeah. that doesn't remove from the fact that they're writers, but I, 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 I definitely go through moments where I'm like, wait, breathe. Yes. What is that why again? Why am I doing this yes. again? What is it I'm trying to achieve again? And then, yeah. you know, soaking myself back in that gives me the fuel I need to keep moving. Um yes. and it's really hard because again, no one is seeing it in the moment. It's almost 
you know what it's like it's like um track and field like with uh, Usain Bolt where it's just like for four years you're 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 building your your way up you're practicing day and night yep like 20 20 hours of training a day yeah for five seconds for five seconds of your life right right <laughs> that glow, to just... that, you, you know what I'm saying the race is quick the race is a couple seconds but the weight the build-up the build-up is insane it's insane but it's it's it's, it's also cool because I feel like you know and I feel like it's a, it's a very biased stance, but I do have this interaction where most artists that I face are more well-rounded people mm-hmm. than like the ones that are not. Just because the things that you did have to practice, like being consistent with yourself, um, you know, showing up when you, like no one's kind of rooting for you or there's no audience to clap for you, you know, when there it's, I don't know, it's like it puts you at the feet of like reality mm-hmm. of like of, of like what is your life who are you as a person right because if yeah. if you're always if you're always doing things because there's a sound you know there's a soundtrack or like a laugh track that's always gonna laugh mm-hmm. at a joke you're gonna make but you never find anything you say funny at the, at the end of the day when the soundtrack stops when the battery dies and you're making those jokes you're sitting in the room by yourself and you have to wonder, am I schizophrenic or is it demons no, man, that live in my head? Not no, demons, actually. Not demons, no. Actually, no. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Where it's, it's like, okay, like, it's so interesting because you get to, like, you get to kind of be curious about yourself. Yep. Um, and, and the space that you occupy as a living person. Mm. And it's so interesting because I feel like as an artist, you have to take that seriously because that's all that you have is yourself. Um, whereas, you know, different fields, it's more like the things that you produce Mm. and that gives you the sense of self. Being a doctor is almost like, you know, it's, and you know what, I'm sorry, I keep using the, um, example as a doctor, but I feel like it's, it's like cross cultural in a way because doctors from the, from the dawn of age before Jesus himself took flesh, eh? doctors have always been the top of society. Mm. They've always been the the most well-respected, the most well-loved people um and have always been seen in more of a positive light Mm -hmm. like healers um than any other field for a very long time but like whenever you're even like if you ever hear girls talking and they're like you know trying to introduce or hype a person up and they're like he's a doctor right it's Mm -hmm. different it's different because now we all know what that means Mm -hmm. we all know he's a great human being Mm -hmm. he probably loves children he hates war he's probably against fascism and Mm -hmm. anti-capitalistic like he's a good human being Mm -hmm. sort of thing um, but then you hear things like, oh, he's a poet or he's a film producer. It doesn't necessarily build a character, right? Yeah. It, it only remains as a career. Yeah. Um, and so in the art field, it's really scary because for people who don't know what your career is um, or who have, you know, kind of interacted with it, all they hear is like, you're bum. You know, you're somebody who's very privileged, who lives like either, you know, under your mom's basement, you get food all the time, but because you don't want to be serious about your life, you're picking these little hobbies. You're never, you know, it's a, so they build this kind of like narrator, like narrative, sorry, of like who you are as a person, and you kind of have to fight against that. Yeah. So I completely agree. Like it's you come home and you do the work on your own, and not only that, but you're mostly not getting you know emotional and that kind of support from anybody else because no one gets to. I don't think a lot of pe- a lot of humans are emotionally mature people, yep. <laughs> especially adults. Um, so it's hard because then there's also that emptiness too. You feel a little bit lonely in the struggle. Yeah, my I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. Within your family, like your parents, your siblings, you know, uncles, aunties, whatever. Um, yeah. How has that been received as you choosing to be Soliana? 
um, and be an artist and be an actor, mm. <laughs> be an actor, be a model. Like when they see your face yeah. somewhere, what are they like? Are they like, wait, is that my daughter? Like, you know, what is that like? Tell, tell me about it. You know, what's so crazy is it's so true about immigrant parents that nothing really clicks for them when it comes to like art industries. Because I told my dad I was going to be an actor and he was like, of course, like you can, I, w- I would never tell you what to do, right? Like you're free as long as you pursue something and you have passion, go for it. I was like, thank you so much. Amazing. So then I stopped. Yeah. So then I stopped, you know, um, attending university for poli sci. And then I was going to like a college for, for acting. And he was like, you stopped university? what are you talking about like I told you you can pursue everything but like through that university I'm talking like whatever the university is offering you you would do it through there get a master's maybe PhD you know like that yeah so then either he's like you know they, they're still accepting people for, for, for law school medicine school you're really good at arguing so think about that <laughs> and I'm like okay but there is a support and, and I think it comes almost from a place of like um, it's definitely from a place of love um, but it's also from a lack of understanding too because um, especially for immigrant parents that weren't born or raised here they're idea of success and a stable life looks it it takes a specific path Mm -hmm. and that path is very narrow right Mm -hmm. you go to school you go to med school you put in the hours Mm -hmm. um and that no matter where you go in life and also because you know a doctor's life is highly valued by society Mm -hmm. you'll be somebody who's treated with your human like rights right Mm -hmm. and your decency so continue that path Mm -hmm. so that the bad things we've seen or like endured um this is the security sort of thing and so when you you know when you take a step away from that I think it's normal for them to have like fears um and definitely concerns for you and I and I don't think they'd be parents if they didn't either Mm -hmm. um but it's you know it's nice too when you kind of especially for my dad I've kind of watched him um overcome his fears or kind of take his fears on Mm -hmm. in this in support of his daughter and I like that a lot like the the acknowledgement of like this isn't something I've seen before but if it makes you happy and you know it's an actual thing that exists in society like <laughs> you're not the first actor in the world yeah. um you know and as long as like you're striving for that continue to go so like he 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 recently saw me like on a tv special and he was like you see and it was a live it was a live thing too for for some modeling gig and he was like wow you know may god may god guide you and i was like bang and he's like but remember med school the application <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're still open <laughs> no they're still accepting like, people. Your, daughter, yeah. your sister is an engineer. She can get you into I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not how it works. But it's still, you know, it's still always at the back of their mind because they, they haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that, you know, especially when you when you have a family member or, yeah, a family support group that, like, they're still willing to be there for you even when they do not understand what you're going up against. Um, and I think I'm, I'm very blessed to, to have that both in my dad and, and my parents too. But... <clears throat> Especially in like, I don't, I don't think I get a lot of pushback from like younger, younger folks, like my cousins and stuff, like definitely nothing from them. They're Mm -hmm. rah-rah. But, you know, older generations, a little bit tougher. Um, But it's nice because I've, again, that whole thing of like the work that you do in silence or the work that you do in in kind of darkness that's only revealed to you. um, I think this is one of them as well. And it's kind of, you know, sitting with that uncomfortable feeling, but deciding there's something worth more than just like a momentary shame or um insecure insecurity mm-hmm. um and kind of something a little bit above above that yeah thank you for that i i of course i'm from a nigerian home as we all know 
Um, <laughs> and at the time that I was growing up, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, Literally. a banker. You know what? Lawyer lawyer only recently made it too because a lawyer is only attached to the government. So if the government is bad, we don't care if you're a lawyer. Literally, oh, really? it's newer. Oh, mm-hmm. at least me. At least, oh, sorry. <laughs> at least in my household, like a lawyer was a more new thing. It's kind of like going into business. Like if somebody was like, oh, yeah, they're studying business. Uh, but like a doctor, a doctor is well known. Oh, yeah. Doctors, number one. Uh, engineer? They're definitely up there. Yeah, but for me, yeah. like, growing up, lawyer was there. So it was doctor, lawyer, oh. engineer, accountant, banker. or, like, a banker, because you're near money, so you probably are making yeah. some, or you're a disappointment. Like, that was the, <laughs> literally the fifth career, literally. a disappointment, right? Like, so my own story is something else, but I'm, like you, I'm grateful that, like, my parents are at a place where, like, they can support me. They don't have all the answers and they pray for me every day. Yes. But, you know, they're On like, the altar. yeah. <laughs> My name is up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they but they support me. They're like, oh, so when's your next gig? And I'm like, ooh, yes. you're using the gig yeah. word. That's awesome, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, so when they get to that point, it's always amazing. But it's not yeah. always a great road for them to get there, to be honest, right? Very, yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, so my next question for you is just about building community within the arts community for yourself mm-hmm. and wh- and how that has been for you. So have you, what has that been like, I guess, uh, you know, finding, building a network of people, collaborators, yeah. people that like um, you could work with in the future. What is, what has that yeah. all been like? Um, in Calgary, I would say that like opportunity for at least in acting um, I haven't talked a lot about modeling, but uh, same in kind of modeling, because at least there's like an agency you'd be under in modeling. Um, acting, sometimes you could be like rep- uh, self-represented. And so and so when it comes to acting, it's all, it's very hard at first, ex- especially because there's different forms of acting. So there's like theater and film. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to start off in theater, you might already have that kind of exposure in high school and you can continue like taking those courses too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for film, it's very difficult because now you have to go and find that space it's not a space that's always been available to you Mm -hmm. um at least in my perspective so um i definitely took uh classes kind of downtown at the company of rogue um they're a wonderful wonderful class um and i think they've been in in calgary for like a very long time as well but you know i started there and first classes i think it was like a bit of you know everyone from different walks of life interestingly because it was an acting class but they would be directors who would want to you know know more about how to direct somebody because you know they're like I'm kind of more on the technical side and I know how it looks on the camera but I don't know what sort of like directions to be giving actors so they would take classes writers would take classes to be like I want to know I want to write something more authentic or something that comes out naturally so I want to first learn how to like it would go through me as an actor too Mm. Um, and so kind of you know ending up in a class filled of like not just aspiring actors but like people trying to understand um what it means to be a human i guess and and how to communicate with other humans um it was pretty cool uh and and i think that's where i started first building connections and kind of being like you know obviously that we'll see each other's performances in class and end up like okay like i would i'm doing something and i would want you to play a character that i think you'd you know you'd be a great fit for mm-hmm. and so it start off there um and then you know i feel like being in as a, like in in the in the arts industry you definitely have to have more than one one form of art you kind of have to pick up a little bit of everything because at that one you might not always you know have the opportunity to practice it all the time so in the meanwhile kind of in the in the between spaces you need to find a way to keep yourself i think 
you know, still creative and still like moving. Yeah. Um, so you're not too stiff, but at the same time, like you have to, you have to be able to like give to the community in a way. Um, cause, cause you can't, you, they can't always be the only one giving to you, giving you opportunities, giving you spaces, you know, giving you advice. Um, uh, you kind of, and I, and like, and that's how it works <laughs> living in a society. Um, cause you, you have to participate. It's the participation that kind of, you know, matters. So I, I first started off there and then, you know, I did a couple of short films. I think it's hard being an actor in, in, um, in Calgary, just because you don't get any of the big, um, productions, especially because a lot of work would come like internationally with film in Calgary, um, big productions would, would film, but you know, all they would want is extra, but it's, it's also a great starting point too, um, to start as an extra. Cause you, you now have to like worry about things you've never worried about, like what it means to eat at a restaurant and <laughs> like what that looks like physically. Cause you know, you're no longer focused on speech and like making sure that you've got your lines memorized. So it's a good technique, but if you want to go kind of past that, I feel it's hard to get those opportunities just because, you know, they hire, you know, bigger actors from somewhere else and then bring them here. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first route was kind of starting with local filmmakers and local, um, you know, writers and, and kind of hearing their story and then being like, oh man, I hope that I can, I can at least understand your story well enough or do the character justice enough that it's being told in the light that you wanted to tell it in. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because I didn't know what it meant to be like, like an actor at first. Cause I was like, oh, it's the audience I should care about. And then the more that I'm kind of growing in the field, I'm like, actually, that's not my job. That's the cameraman's job. He can care about how it's going to look to the audience. At the end of the day, my job is just as a writer. They wrote a character, and then I'm trying to understand enough of that with my world experiences as WorkNesh to kind of bring that into light or bring it to a middle space that can be interpreted properly. Mm-hmm. So I started off a little bit there. Um, and then going to events as well, just to support like local local um, creatives too. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, Calgary film festivals that are here. And they display it too. Like at first it's a bit hard. You can go on Facebook, you know, go to those little actors, uh, local actors, little group chats, and then be a part of it. Because some people post their work there too. Um, and so I think it's really interesting how you just put something to the world. And sometimes people might not show up. Sometimes there might be a big crowd. But at the end of the day, you kind of, you, you do the thing that you've always been doing in the dark. It's just now you've kind of given an audience the opportunity to either be there or not. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Amazing. This has been amazing, Soliana. I just want to thank you for sharing and for being part of the, uh, you know, Afros in the Diaspora podcast. Today. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. And as we're rounding up, I just want you to drop a gem. Like, what is an African proverb, a word of advice, something someone told you that has stuck with Ooh. you and has, you know, helped you truck along and move forward in the navigation of life? Like, just give us a, a word mm. of advice real quick. I don't know too much about proverbs. We don't say proverbs. We say kind of like, you know, references. We bully. We bully in, in my household personally. You just go, don't be like a frog or like a donkey. Just kind of, you know, kind of. So, so I don't have any any proverbs to say. But something like a, a pretty nice way to because I used to get lost a lot, and I think it's normal to get lost a lot on your journey, um, especially because it doesn't look like a straight line, and I don't think it's supposed to. Um, but sometimes when you do have that moment of like confusion or, you know, regret, um, a way to kind of navigate that somebody, something somebody has told me was just like kind of navigate with compassion, whatever you do, as long as it's done with compassion, I feel like 
it's easier to, to understand something. It's easier to, and if that's what I want to do, because I feel like acting is, is a way that I stay in touch with communities, um, is how I understand people that are not like me or people or understand even deeper people that are like me, mm-hmm. um, is if, if I must do it with compassion. Uh, so navigate with compassion, be compassionate to yourself. And sometimes doing that won't, won't look very compassionate to others, right? If you, if you want to be more serious about your artwork or whatever it is that you want to focus on, even like in other fields like mental health or, you know, I don't know, like work-life balance or stuff like being compassionate to yourself won't look compassionate to your boss or it won't look compassionate to people who kind of don't care about your mental health, but like more like what you give them. Um, so obviously compassion can look very different and I understand that like the word itself might sound very, very vague, but what I, what I'm trying to say is do it with love, um, do it with love. And you know, the fight sometimes is a little bit bleak, but fight with hope, fight without hope, fight regardless is all that's about. Just keep, keep doing the things that you like. Yeah. That's amazing. Fight with hope, fight without hope fight regardless regardless. like and do it with love and i yes and i love that too because personally i thought that life is supposed to be navigated very optimistically like you're supposed to be happy about everything you got to be like very positive about everything um and i and i was just like this is not a positive experience i'm having a lot of bad experiences i'm having a lot of you know i kind of want to give up sort of moments but as long as i keep fighting it doesn't need to be optimistic it can be very bleak um, but I like what I do and, and I, and it allows me to be a more compassionate person. Yeah. And I think that's what we need more in the world anyways. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Thank you again. Yeah. I just, of course. I just want you to Thank tell you the people, for having me. Of course. Just tell the people where, where they can find you on the internet, on the interweb, on the, interweb. the matrix, social media. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always out and about. You can always find me on Instagram, um, I think my name is Soul, and then like a frog face, and then Anna, um, or just yeah, just type Enemy of Progress. I should pop up. <laughs> I should be able to pop up uh, in those cases too. Um, but yeah, I hope that most of my interactions I have is more like a community, like in person. But if it ever does have to be on the interweb, try not to find me. Actually, oh man, I'm not a serious person. Okay. I'm not a serious person on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> But um, actually, I want to know what's a proverb that like, or like a saying that kind of gets you by. Ooh. This is not necessarily a proverb, but something I've learned. And it's that nobody has it figured out. Yes. Everybody's just as lost and confused and nervous and afraid. And just like you are. The, yes. no, the no one has it figured figured out at no point in life like I used to put so much pressure on myself to like okay Sarah um you have to have this figured out you have to know what your plan is going to be step by step and how you're gonna achieve it in every area Absolutely. of your life blah, blah, blah. and like yeah. I <laughs> I stumbled on this um this list I made when I was a teenager um yeah. and on the list because <laughs> on that list i wrote that well i'll graduate from university at 19 i'll do my NYSE, i'll travel for my master's and then by 24 i'll be married by 26 i'll finish having all my kids by this age i'll be working i'll be oh my god i saw that Bro. list and i burst out laughing 
you know what's hilarious though is time is actually just like made up no it, it really is because the way i thought i was gonna have kids by 20 Ooh. i was like yeah retire by 30 <laughs> i was throwing numbers i was throwing random ass numbers i was like 30 sounds good 30 feels right yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly 30. end it <laughs> 33 oh. i wanted to actually die i wanted to no literally i was like by 33 i shouldn't i shouldn't need to be alive anymore i should have lived all of life i should have i should pack it up and start oh, getting ready not 33. i kid you not <laughs> literally i i didn't even want to get to 60 i don't want to get a 40 50 it was random numbers. I just, I was throwing stuff out. Time really is a construct. Like, we made that up. It really is. And that's one thing I've learned is that, like, no one has it figured out. When you go into a room and you're like, oh, my gosh, are they looking at me? Are they judging me? Everybody else feels that way. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, yes. we're all just trying to do this. Like, no one has been here before. We're all taking it one step at a time, one day at a time. You know, yeah. um, and that's something I've learned. And that's something that has given me some peace about my journey that like, yes. it's okay that I'm still figuring this out. Like nobody has it figured out. Like Elon Musk is still figuring it out. The wealthiest people, yes. the poorest people, the biggest, the smallest, everyone is figuring this out. And that's yeah. okay. You know, just, you know, that, that gave me permission in a way to be okay with myself and be, and be at peace with myself and just be at rest with where I was mm. or where I am and just be content. Yes. Um, so that, 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 that's something that I've learned that I just remind myself. All right, Sarah. I mean, this is chaotic, no, really like but that. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, no, this is really a lot, like but it. you'll be, you'll be fine and you'll take it one step at a time and you'll be okay. Nobody has it figured out, you know? Yeah. No, that's a really nice um, kind of reminder for yourself. And I like how you said, like, it gives you, you've given yourself permission to kind of to, to feel certain ways or to be like, it's okay to be, to panic right now or to, to not. But you know what, though? I feel like it's weird that we expect to, to have things like there's a deadlines, like we've given ourselves deadlines in life. And it's such an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Just generally. I'm just like, why though? Yeah. Like, why, why has this time been my limitations? Why is this the expiry date? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little bit weird. And you know what? As an artist, as a young artist, too, there's this idea that, like, you're young, mm-hmm. you know? And you're okay right now. Like, it's, it's good to... You're still young. You still got it. But, like, you know, once you hit 27... And I'm like, are you sick? 27 <laughs> is old? No. No, wrap it up. Wrap it up. At this point, <laughs> you've actually... You've made... You've given me a picture of the future, and it's, it's so dark... It's so dark. I cannot see you crazy. No way. Yeah. Um, or just that. Yeah. It's just like, I shouldn't pursue something anymore because I'm no longer a certain age or it would be inappropriate if I, and I'm just like, but like, where did that come from? Actually, exactly. that's so confusing. Where did that come from? Yeah. Life doesn't even like work in that way either. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I don't know, maybe if it's, if it's a way for us as like individuals to try to, to kind of get ahead of something or like, you know, something that might be scary or not understandable. Cause you're like, Oh no, like, by this age, I'll have that figured out. Mm-hmm. But it's maybe not not supposed to be figured out. You're just supposed to, like, experience life. Just experience. Yeah, just experience it. Just do the day-to-day. Today is bad. Wake up tomorrow and start again. Exactly. And it will work. It's, like, it always does. Like, it that thing does. you're, like, giving yourself a headache about. You're, you're waking up at night. You're worrying and yeah. wondering how it's going. It just, you blink and it's over. It happened last week. And you're like, wait, how did really? I get through that? Like, yes. you know? So, like, yeah. yeah. The most anxiety-inducing situations you could think of. It will be over in a couple moments. Literally. And you'll be okay. And you'll be um, okay. Literally. Yeah. And there's actually a quote. There's actually a quote where it's just like, um, what's it called? Today I begin a day. Uh, today I begin a new. 
So it's this idea that like every day you pretend like it's it's the only day, like it's your first day sort of thing. And I like it because not in the sense that like you're completely stupid, but in the sense that like whatever love that you first started with, um, it's still here today too. It gets to be new today, right? You get to to have kind of a different perspective or a different experience of it, yeah. and that's cool. And I like and awesome. I like that twenty four. Yeah, I like that twenty four hour kind of limits where i'm just like it'll end the night will come the sun will go down i'll take a nap yep then i'll wake up and then i'll get i'll get the the excitement of of being curious again of like exploring life yeah yeah that's amazing once again thank you so much it's been amazing having you honor thank you so much um i can i hope i come back again soon i mean why not you know how much i love you sarah ah love you too let's do it let's do it let's do it (laughs) (laughs) all right then thank you so much for having me today thank you again for being here of course you take care yeah of course and thank you to our listeners we'll see you in the next episode Thank you for joining us on this episode of Afros in the Diaspora. I hope this episode left you feeling inspired and hopeful. To engage, feel free to like, follow, share, and subscribe to Afros in the Diaspora on all social media and podcast platforms. Remember to leave a review and a rating. If you would like to be a guest, please reach out. Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time. <laughs>